Welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast with Joshua Latimer, where we discuss business, life, family, faith, struggle, fire, pain, and ultimately winning. It's time to take massive action. Look, I, I can't work harder on your life or business than you do. It's ultimately all on you. You know, God created all the food the birds would ever need, but he doesn't put it in their nest. You've got to go get it. 10 out of 10 people die. So how about doing something today that actually matters while you still can? Hey, my friends, welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast. Today, we've got a little special treat for you. This is a presentation I gave in Florida several months ago. It was pretty uh, unique and inspiring and a lot of fun, and I think it will really, really help you. I really hope you like it. I hope you enjoy it. I want to give a shout out to Credit Repair Cloud, which is my buddies own that software company. They asked me to come down and speak at their event. It was so much fun. Hope you have a great week, and I hope you enjoy this presentation. Let me ask you one more time. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to learn from him? Well, if you are, stand up, get on your feet, and give your hand, put your hands together and make some noise for Mr. Joshua Latimer. Can we go back? This is the moment. Tonight is the night. We'll fight till it's over. So we put our hands up like the ceiling can't hold us. What's going on, my friends? How the heck are you? I am the pizza trailer park guy. I'll tell you all about that in a few minutes. First, I want to tell you a story. Maybe you've never heard of this young man. His name is Cliff Young. He's an Australian. If you look at the history of Australia, it's actually super interesting. Like a million years ago, it was kind of like a prison. Anybody heard that? They just like shipped all the crazies down there. And Australians are crazy to this day because of it. But Cliff Young was a farmer. And at the age of 61 years old, he decided to enter a foot race, but not a normal foot race. It was this maniacal Australian version of a foot race. It was a 544-mile race, and this is a true story. In 1983, Cliff Young, this regular dude, this farmer, he entered this race, and he actually won this race. He wasn't a professional athlete. There were super ultra-marathon runners from all over the world coming to this thing. It took him five days, 15 hours, and four minutes to finish the race, and this little old man, well, it's not that old, but 61 for a 500-mile race, right? He wins the thing, and I tell you that to say this. If Cliff Young did that, I promise you can make it through my presentation. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, this is a picture of my oldest son, Maverick. I actually have five kids. And this picture was taken when he was eight years old. He had just successfully exited his first business. Now, in our family, we believe that entrepreneurs are the most important people on the planet. Okay? If anybody has kids, who wants your kids to have an unfair advantage and to understand all of the stuff that you're here learning? Anybody? I wanted the same thing for my kids. And we have a system a family system in my house where when my children turn seven years old, they're all eligible to receive a $500 capital injection from dad to start a business. Now, this is a loan. They have to pay it back. Maverick took his $500 and decided he wanted to start a candy machine business, which was perfect because my wife found these little, you know, the quarter machines where you get like Skittles and M&Ms and stuff? We found five of those for sale at a garage sale, and uh, we bought them. We bought Maverick a little tablet, he had a little uniform, he had a little hat, it said Maverick's Candy Company, 
And Maverick said, Dad, I have to get my, my machines. I have to put them in these businesses so I can start making money. And I said, yes, you do, but I can't help you with that. Maverick, you're going to have to do hard things. So we memorized a script. I wrote a little simple script, something that went something like this. Hi, my name's Maverick, and I have a candy machine company, and I was wondering if I could place my candy machine inside your restaurant. <laughs> so, something like that, except way cuter, right? And we memorized the script, and we drilled it, and we drilled it, and we drilled it, and he's just a tiny kid, and I started getting concerned because he'd get upset and he'd start crying. I said, no, it's okay, buddy, You're gonna, you got this, right? Honestly, I thought it'd be really, really easy for him because who's going to say no to a seven-year-old kid with that script, right? It's just pure gold, right? <laughs> but the opposite happened. We went to the first place, and I made him go into a restaurant by himself and ask for the manager, remember, doing hard things, to read his script. He comes back after a couple minutes, and his face is white, and the guy had told him no. And he's almost in tears. I said, no, buddy, buddy, it's okay. Like, that's, that's business. Like, we're doing hard things. We're good. So we went to the, the next place. is a hair salon. I'm like, oh, these women, how are they going to say no? He's this cute kid with candy, right? He goes in, they say no. Now I'm getting concerned. We ended up going to 25 businesses to place five candy machines. And Maverick walked in there doing hard things and got them placed. How insane is that? That's pretty cool, right? When you look at your own business, you have to do hard things. All the good stuff is on the other side of hard things. I'm curious, based on yesterday when I was, I was watching you know, the event, it seems like a lot of you guys are, have a younger company. So if you could help me get a gauge, if you've made at least $1 uh, in your credit repair business, can you raise your hand real quick and keep it up? And I want you to keep your hand up if you've made more than $10,000. 100,000, 500,000. I want everybody to look around the room. There's some, there's some hands up. We got some rock stars. Okay, a million, six billion. <laughs> Nobody? I want you to understand that the, the, the people that have achieved those great things, um, they're not better than you, but I can promise you they've done a lot of hard things, right? The people that you need to look up to are already in this room. What I'm going to talk about in my presentation is how to explode your business, even if it is tiny right now, by making one tiny mental shift. It's a head game, right? And using one simple tactic. And if you're taking notes, here's your first gold nugget. There are a lot of people less talented than you that already have what you want. Can I get an amen? How many of y'all know that what I just said is truth? With a capital T, right? Here's a picture of the rest of my family. This is my beautiful wife, Ashley. She's my high school sweetheart. I actually met her in high school because my football coach said, hey, Josh, uh, that girl's kind of cute. You should talk to her. Was he a dirty old man? Yeah, kind of. Was he right? Yes, he was. <laughs> the next day, this is a true story. I'm not embellishing. I walked up to her locker, and I did something like this. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Literally did that. We call it the locker slam. I married that girl, and we've uh, had five kids and had a crazy life. But my backstory was totally non-entrepreneurial. Now, when I was in high school and I was trying to date Ashley, I started reading books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's a classic, right? 
And I'm like this 17-year-old with my brain being like, oh, like, this is a whole other world. I didn't know this was a thing. Like, this is a path? My parents were blue-collar. My parents loved me. I loved them. They took care of our family. But they had absolutely zero idea about wealth creation, value creation, business, positive thinking, none of that stuff. And uh, so that's kind of the environment. It was very blue-collar. You know, get a good job. Save all your money. Save every penny. You know, d- 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 rich people are bad, right? But somehow wealth is bad. I know a lot of broke people that are pretty bad. Money is a magnifier, right? If you're a greedy, rich person, you were greedy when you were broke. I know a lot of broke people that love money. They love it. They want to hold it and pet it and smell it and put it in their pocket. They care so much about it, they won't even invest it. They won't spend it, right? That was kind of my my frame. But I was kind of entrepreneurial, and I started reading books. So what I want to talk about now is like we, as entrepreneurs, we have two worlds. And a friend of mine, and actually a friend of Daniel's, her name's Stacy Martino. She has this concept. It's amazing. She calls it the seventh power versus the Muggles. The Muggles is a Harry Potter reference, just for like a regular person. I don't know if you guys realize this, but every single person in this room is a complete and total weirdo. You, you know that, right? You know that you're weird. You paid money and went to Orlando, and you're sitting here staring, talking about credit repair. Like, what are you doing? You're trying to grow a business. That's not normal. Now, all the people in this room, these are your seventh power. The people that are in the Millionaire's Club, they're your seventh power. That, they, they get you. When you go to lunch and you're nerding out, and you're like, oh, we can scale my business and blah, 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 and the strategy and marketing, how do I create more content, and how do I blah, 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 margins and blah, 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 and you're nerding out and you're both getting energy from it, that's your seventh power. But all of us have tons of people in our life, like Cousin Eddie, here in this, this picture, Christmas vacation reference, crazy cousin Eddie, they don't get you. They don't understand why you won't just stick with your safe and secure job. Why would you spend the last $200 you have or $500 going to an event or whatever? Why would you do It breaks their brain. Anybody have someone in your life like that? They think you're a total, I mean, they love you and you love them, but they don't get you. We call those cousin Eddies. Cousin Eddie was the weird cousin that showed up at Christmas to the Griswold's house, right? And he had his crappy RV, and this is a photo of him emptying out the poop, you know, down in the storm drain, right? And we love Cousin Eddie, but Cousin Eddie doesn't get us. Now, my first entrepreneurial venture started with this red car. I called it my work truck. It was a 93 Chevy Cavalier, cherry red, with the perfect amount of rust. I had a 28-foot Werner ladder strapped to the roof of this car, there was no ladder rack. It was on the metal, on the roof. It rubbed all the paint off. And believe it or not, inside the car was an additional 16-foot ladder. And like, I, was, I was so excited because I was starting a window cleaning business. I didn't know what I was doing, and I used to have to hide my car when I go do an estimate so people wouldn't see it. But that's what I was started to do. I squeegeed dirt off of glass. I was born in Flint, Michigan. Anybody heard of Flint? There's some strong people in Flint. It's not exactly a vacation destination, you know what I mean? It's a tough place. We launched our business 15 minutes south of Flint, Michigan with this work truck, married to my high school sweetheart, with all these hopes and dreams, a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, worn out, sitting next to me, right? Pretty incredible stuff. When I was in eighth grade, our teacher asked us to do an assignment that I've never forgotten, and I think it's powerful. 
She said to our entire class, get a piece of paper and a pencil, and I want you to write a letter to your future self. And our school still does this, the school that I went to. It's really, really cool. You write this letter of like who you're going to be and what you will be like and what you will have accomplished, and then when you graduate high school, they, they keep them and they give them to you, which is amazing. And I could see it so clear. It was crystal clear. I write this letter. I'm like, all right. By the way, this is an actual picture of me after a sunburn. Just kidding. This is a, but this was a good eighth grader picture. So I'm writing the letter, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to be a six foot four, 215-pound linebacker playing football, 4.0. Got my trophy girlfriend. I'm going to go play Division I college football. And uh, this is what I thought I was going to look like. I know there's some similarity, but I'm disappointed. I, I could see it so clearly. My desire for this outcome was real. I could see it. My desire was real. The truth looked more like this. I actually got the weight right. It's just in a different shape. Right? So here's the moral of that story is that hoping things turn out a certain way, write this down, hoping things turn out a certain way is not a strategy. Now, hope is good. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. Hope is essential. But hope is not a business strategy, right? Your desire to change your life your desire to get a millionaire club thing or to do whatever, to change your family tree, your desire to make an impact in your community or be the first person in your extended family to ever have anything. Your desire is powerful, but it's not a strategy. This is where me and my wife started. Brings a tear to my eye. We love this trailer. Or as my friend Marshall called it, a can dominium. Yeah. Everyone told me not to buy it. I didn't listen. I bought this when I was 19 years old, just before I got married at 20 years old. And I bought it on my own from pizza driving. I was a hardworking pizza guy. I took the extra shifts. I worked weekends. I worked hard. I just drove faster than I was supposed to to get, that, to get paid. You know what I'm saying? And I bought this trailer and I moved in with my wife. Now, remember, I was this pizza guy, but I was going to do something in business. I didn't know what. I didn't know how. But this was me. I'm driving around with cassette tapes. Word? Cassette tapes? Anybody? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was rocking like Tony Robbins cassette tapes. And I'm like, yeah, just if you dream it, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be 1950. <laughs> and get back in my truck, right? Going home to my trailer. Finally, I got the courage to start that window cleaning business that you saw with the car with the ladder on the roof. I got the courage and I went for it. But all I got for the first two and a half years was absolute pain and suffering. Anybody had pain and suffering before? Is it just me? Oh, man. I had a car repossessed. After we got married, I financed a car, thought it was awesome. Couldn't pay the bill, they took it. My credit got destroyed. We were upside down in that trailer so bad because we got screwed. Someone took advantage of the 19-year-old naive kid, me. We paid way too much. We were upside down. It was a nightmare. We had our electricity shut off. We went out of town with family for a couple days, came back, and when you have a basement, there's a sump pump. 
when it doesn't have electricity, it doesn't pump water out of the hole, it flooded our entire basement and sat there for four days, ruined everything. And the worst one of all was the same kid that I showed you holding the, the $1,200. He was one years old at the grocery store with my wife, Ashley, and she calls me bawling her eyes out because her debit card was declined when she was trying to buy groceries. I have massive compassion. for anybody doing hard things. I felt like a total failure, right? Who, who's actually experienced, you know, the swipe of the card and the cashier's like, yeah, sorry, that was declined. And you're like, oh, that's impossible, try it again, right? <laughs> and then they do it again and you're like, oh, hmm, weird, oh, the internet must be broke. Something, clearly, ISIS, ISIS is, there's a hack, right? This slide is messed up. What it's supposed to say is, two farmers pray for rain. In the movie, I think it was Facing the Giants, there's this part where, where the coach is like, he's telling this kid this life lesson, and he's like, he's like there's these two farmers, and they, they, they're both screwed if it doesn't rain. If their crop doesn't come in, they're wiped out. They're leveraged to their eyeballs. There's nowhere to move. It has to rain, right? Two farmers in separate scenarios both pray for rain, but only one of them Put seed in the ground. Which one had more faith? Whoo, sweet baby Jesus. Is that true? Who had more faith? You know, some of y'all want a million-dollar club award, but you're planting $100 worth of seed in the ground. Does your action line up with your desire to be six foot four, 215 pounds, and totally ripped? So after my business started working, long story short, I grew that cleaning business into a company doing forty dollars or $50,000 a week squeegeeing windows just south of Flint, Michigan. We'd do $150,000 to $180,000 a month in sales. It was fully automated. I didn't squeegee anything for the last five years, and I didn't even work in the business the last two years. We sold that company to a buyer from California, and me and my family, we moved to Costa Rica for a year and a half. Yo hablo un poquito español también. That's pretty much all I got, though. Um, <laughs> uh, when we got down there, I started a podcast. If you can't tell, I'm passionate. This is authentic. Uh, I'm not getting paid to be here. I don't have anything to sell y'all. I'm here to serve you and to give you everything I got. Daniel's a friend. So when we get to Costa Rica, I start this, this software company called Send Gym. And, and we, we launched this thing. That business is now doing a couple million dollars a year. I launched a podcast where I, I get passionate like this, and I'm talking about blah, blah, blah. Stop lying to yourself. What are you doing? Use systems. You can do it. And that's kind of how, how things are today. But here's the question. How was I able to do that? How is anybody able to do that? How are the people that are crushing it, making a million bucks, able to do that? I'll tell you what the biggest shift was for me. It's when I got a fire in my belly that wasn't, I need to make $300 right now. When I got a fire in my belly for, I call it a mountaintop, my mountaintop. When I started, when I had a mission and a vision that was way beyond Joshua Latimer making $500. My original goal when I started my business was to make $500. I sat Indian style on the floor in my trailer park with sketches of paper saying, yeah, if I can just get... 
four people to pay me $125. I'll make $500 a week. I can quit the pizza thing. Like that was my original goal, right? And I was so stressed out about it. And when you live like that and that weird mindset of chasing money, chasing money, it's hard to do anything really significant. But when you shift your focus on contribution and on serving people and building a team and all that stuff, that's, that's where I started looking. Some of y'all like have these huge aspirations, right? But you're looking like this. And when you're walking your business journey, you're looking straight at the ground. And all you can see is a stick, right? And then there's a river and there's a snake and there's all kinds of stuff and there's thorn bushes and you're like, you're living right here. All, what I did is I started looking at the mountaintop over there, right? Do hard things. Plata e plomo means silver or lead. And I heard this from Russell Brunson at a Funnel Hacking Live event. And, and what's crazy about this, silver or lead, this is powerful. Like in Central America and Mexico, there's a lot of corruption. The cartels have a lot of power. And what they'll do oftentimes is they'll get like a politician or a government official or like the chief of police or whatever, and they go to them and they, they have a bag of money. That's plata, silver, right? They say, here's how it's going to go down, chief of police. This is my town now. And you're going to take this bag of money. That's option A. Option B is a bullet in your head. Which one do you pick? Right? So I got to thinking, I'm like, okay, because I'm talking to Daniel, I'm like, who are these people? What's their, I already know they're weirdos, but like, where are they at in their journey? And he's like, oh, there's a lot of smaller people. Like, making $10,000 a month breaks their brain. It makes it feel, it feels literally impossible to them. And so I thought of this story to put in the presentation because what would you do over the next 12 months if there was a gun to your head? It's kind of morbid, okay, don't panic. But, but seriously, think about... How would your action change on a random Tuesday if your life depended on it? Would you go get it done? Would you take the action? Or would you watch 17 more YouTube videos about how to tweak your website for the 500th time? Hmm? What if it was your family's life that depended on it? So many of you spend so much time learning and consuming content, but you're not doing anything. You don't have information overload. What you have is opinion overload. And so the only way to navigate through all the noise, which is, there's so much noise, it's ridiculous. The only way to navigate through all that noise is to focus in on your mountaintop. What are you trying to do? How are you trying to change your family tree? What is the big scary thing that you want so bad your stomach hurts? You don't share that crap with everybody. That's a deeply personal thing. You can share it with your seventh power. You can share it with the people in this room that will support you. But you gotta, you gotta block out the white noise. You gotta block out the keyboard warriors like this guy. Anybody uh, ever stumbled across an internet troll? Keyboard warrior, tough guys with a keyboard. Bring me a hot pocket mom, I'm being a badass on Facebook, right? What happens is instead of taking imperfect action towards your mountaintop, towards your thing, we ask questions, or we listen to another course, or we do this other thing for the 15th time, and then we get this guy showing up like, no, that'll never work. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna work, right? Or maybe it's your cousin Eddie. Maybe he's not a keyboard warrior, maybe he's just a cousin Eddie. But what happens is you spend so much time learning stuff and not enough time doing stuff. And I'm guilty of all of this, by the way, even now, I battle this. You watch courses, you listen to podcasts, you read books, you go to events, you learn and you learn and you learn and you learn. There comes a point when you've learned enough. Can I get an amen for that? 
Some of y'all's brain looks like this. You're so smart. It's legit. Like, you're smarter than I am. You're smart. But your bank account looks like this. Uh Uh-oh, now they're getting mad. Your bank account, here's another truth bomb. Whatever it is right now, can I tell you the truth? What? Give me some energy, okay. Your, whatever your bank account is right now is correct. It's exactly what it's supposed to be based on the action that you have not taken or on the action that you've taken. The universe is not out to get you. It's, 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 that's a lie. Being smart doesn't put money in your bank account. Taking action does. Let's get into a little bit of business teaching. I want you guys to walk away with a simple practical thing that could really move the needle for you and make a huge difference for you this year. If you look at all business, every business really, if you boil it down, is is these two things. It's math people. You got a big math problem and you got all kinds of different people problems. You got your customers, you got your employees, you got internal conflict at home with your spouse who's not on board or whatever. There's people stuff to deal with and there's math stuff to deal with. That's it. That's all it is. The good news is, is you don't have to be a mathematician. You don't have to be an expert genius. You just don't have to be. You can be kind of bad at math and still make a million dollars. But you do have to recognize the math in your business, the important metrics, right? The one that stood out to me yesterday, and I edited this slide, was that 842 clients equals a million bucks. Is that right? Did I get the right number? Okay. Can we use some pure logic for a second? Take away the emotion. Are there 842 people in your market that have bad credit? No, 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 come on, let's be truthful, really think. Do they exist? What? They do? They exist? Why haven't they given you money? Wait, okay, let me me ask a follow-up question. So they exist, they have really crappy credit, which sucks. Does having crappy credit suck? Okay, so there's pain. You, You can fix it for them, right? Wait, what? You can fix it, which takes away the pain, okay, but they haven't given you money yet. That's weird. Listen, the money's already there. You don't have to create customers. They're already there. You just have to divert them to you and tell your story and convert them into a sale, right? So you're mad. If you want to be in the Millionaire's Club, like like the, I think it was 24 people. Way to go, Daniel and Keenan, by the way. That's insane. Providing, facilitating, and... And everybody that did that, that is, that is just amazing. And maybe 842 is too big for your brain right now. Use a tenth of it. Look at it as 84 or 85 clients. Do $100,000. That is not Mount Everest. You know, I mentioned in the beginning that we have these things called family systems. We have tons of them. My kids, we have our own family logo. We don't believe that we should have another name brand. We believe that our family is our own name brand right? We have family systems like do hard things. We have, uh, I have special days with my kids every week. We have Sawyer Sunday and Tucker Tuesday and Maverick Monday and Finley Friday. And and we have systems, right? Your business uses systems. Your family needs, needs to use systems too. But this is not Mount Everest. And one of the t-shirts that we have 
says it is not Mount Everest. I had it custom made by one of my designers. We put it on our shirts and my kids wear it because emotionally 842 clients for, for a lot of people feels like freaking Mount Everest, right? That's a lot, right? But for the people in the Millionaires Club, it doesn't feel like Mount Everest. So the truth is it's not Mount Everest. It just feels like Mount Everest. Does that make sense? Okay. So how do you do this? How do you conquer this? Well, the thing I'm going to share with you is called relationship marketing. Now, I want you to promise me that you won't check out because you think you know what I'm about to say. Don't check out because you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, I read that. Unless you have 842 clients, you cannot check out, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 read in a book seven times, right? <laughs> I wanted to pick the simplest thing to share with you that I believe has a 100% success rate. What's the success rate? 100%. If you do what I'm about to share with you, the way that I'm about to share it, I promise you, you will get 842 clients or more. Who wants to hear what that is? 100%. All the logic people are like, well, nothing's 100%. I, that's, that's just silly. Silly, nice guy, but silly. Okay, so relationship marketing. Think of, think of business like this. All business is is a, is a set of uh, relationships stacked up on top of each other. The reason I'm on this stage is because I have a relationship with Daniel. The reason I have clients is because I have a relationship with them. Uh, but what happens in business, especially when you grow up in poverty or you never had nothing, is we become very transactional instead of relational in the way that we view people and money. And it's kind of like the difference between a marriage and a prostitute. It's the difference between a one-night stand and a marriage, right? On my wedding night, this is, <laughs> this is funny, but on our wedding night, we get home, and I'm, I'm a kind of a logical person, and I'm like, cool, 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 honeymoon tomorrow, okay, check, okay, got the thing, I got the marriage certificate, cool, check, check, check. It's late, we have our stuff on, we're all sweaty, it was a long day. We go back to my trailer, and I look over, and my wife is sitting in the middle of her bed, bawling her eyes out. She's just bawling, I'm like, what? We just freaking crushed it. We just got married. So I'm like, hey, babe, what, did you stub your toe or something? Like, are you physically injured? Because there's no possible way you're crying. And my wife said, it's over. And I'm, I'm like, what? She said, it's over. I said, babe, we didn't start yet. What she was talking about was it was her childhood dream. You know, a lot of little girls that grow up, they have this idea in their head of that day and how big of a deal it is and the emotion and the buildup. And we did it and it was perfect and everything was awesome. And, and for me, I'm just like, cool, get, get married, cool, check. What's the address? And load the bags and the thing. For her, it was like, it was over. But with our business and oftentimes in marriage, people only prepare for the wedding and they don't prepare for the marriage. Whoo, write that one down. So relationship marketing means that you look at your clients differently. You look at them as an asset that's going to produce a yield for you for years, but you also look at them as an asset that you're going to tend to and you're going to care for. Not everything has to be about extracting money every single second. Not every time I tell my wife I love her am I trying to have sex with my wife. I want to every time, but I'm not always doing that. 
because that would be transactional. What if I only told her I loved her on the wedding day and then seven, we'll be married 17 years this summer. Yeah. What, what if I never said I love you again and then, and then she's loading up the minivan and the kids and she's like, I'm leaving you, Josh Latimer. You don't even love me. What if I said like a typical man, what are you talking about? I already told you I loved you when we got married. Jeez, what do you want from me, woman? Right? But we treat our clients like that. We treat our influencers like that. Not meaning to. Not meaning to, but we do. So 842 potential clients. There's different ways you could get them and stuff. The one I want to highlight is in what I call influencers. I think Daniel and the CRC people call them partners. Right? Do you have partners that you're using in your business? Like, a, like a, what's the word? Affiliate. Affiliate, I'm sorry. Affiliate. So you have like a, a mortgage broker or something that has all these people and they're feeding that to you, right? Because it helps both of you, correct? Okay, so I, I call it influencers. You can call it affiliates, whatever the case is. Your 842 clients live right there. You can get, get referrals from your friends and family. All that's good and warm and fuzzy. But we're going to build a simple strategy for you to guarantee you to get 842 clients by using relationship marketing, by not focusing on money right now, but by planting seeds. By planting seeds, right? This picture is a building called the General Motors Tech Center. It's in Warren, Michigan. This is a window cleaning account that we got that was $318,000 per year in revenue. This account, we got it because we had a relationship with one person. What's really crazy is that when you do like a $99 deal for your client, it's two people coming to an agreement, mutual trust, and the deal is done, and there's $99 exchange, correct? The same thing happens when people sell billion-dollar companies, except there's more lawyers involved, right? But it's two people coming to an understanding, exchanging value mutually, right? Does that make sense? These relationships, these affiliates, or as I call them, influencers, they are doorways to buckets of clients for you. And so it's okay to be patient and to pump the brakes and wait a minute. If it takes you three months to finally go to lunch with this important person so you can share your heart and the passion you have to fix people's credit and to change your life, who cares if it takes three months for you to work that relationship? You've heard of customer acquisition costs, right? Like how much can you spend in ads to get a customer? I want you to think about this. How much, not just money, but time, are you willing to spend in influencer acquisition costs? How hard are you going to pursue these relationships? One influencer is the equivalent of this. That's good, right? It's getting heavy in the room right now. Step one is you want to do some data mining. This is very simple stuff. Remember, you're not allowed to check out. Now, this is all fake stuff. I made it in my hotel room last night. Don't tell Daniel. But this is an actual data mining sheet. We used a similar thing that had more columns on it in our company, actually in all of my companies. This sheet has personally made me at least $5 million in my business career. And what you do is you get strategic on who we want to be in a relationship with. And it takes work. And you don't get any money right this second when you do this, but it has a 100% success rate and you will crush it if you follow and execute on this, right? So we got, we got Dan Smith, the top line. We also would keep track of who their gatekeeper was. Anybody ever uh, do any cold calling or come from a sales background? <laughs> we love our gatekeepers, right? No, 
The gatekeeper is the person whose sole job on earth is to stiff arm you and make you cry yourself to sleep. Right? So you're like, hi, uh, Josh Latimer calling for Dan Smith, uh, please. And then Rita, she's like, no. Right? So I want to know who Rita is. What type of industry are they in? And then all of their relevant contact information, even more than I have on this slide, their email. I want their pager number. I want everything. I want links to their, their physical address so I can mail them stuff. I want links to their social profiles. And then the, the most important piece to this is keeping track of how many times you touch these contacts. Not literally, that's sexual assault. Don't do that. But how many times you reach out and you just say hi. You're not trying to close the deal when you reach out. You're trying to have a conversation. You're trying to say, hey, Dan, hey, I know you're in the mortgage business. I really think we could really help each other. I'd love to just buy you lunch sometime. I know you're busy. There's no pressure at all. Um, would, it, would it be okay if I reached out and tried to set something up, right? And then he's like, yeah, it's not a good time. Doesn't matter. One touch. Six weeks later, Dan, what's up, Josh? Hey, listen, I, I had a note to give you a call. I know it wasn't a good time. I just, let's go get some chips and salsa. I got to show you something that's really could help both of us a lot. Uh, and I'd just like to get to know you and your business more, see if there's anything I can do to help you. Ah, it's not a good time. No problem, Dan. Have a good one. Touch two, right? You work this list forever and ever, for always and always, with no exceptions, no excuses, like a beast, and you'll make a whole bunch of money. And what it's actually easy to do when you detach yourself from the money outcome piece of it. You don't have to feel bad when you don't get money on that phone call. You're working a strategy. Broke people obsess over tactics. Rich people obsess over strategy. Broke people go on Facebook and talk about, oh, what, what color should the button be? I blah, 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 right? It's like... Rich people are building authentic relationships, serving and giving with no expectation of results because someday something really good will happen for both of them. That's what relationship marketing is. You can also use relationship marketing with your current customers um, in lots of ways. You can, you can send them stuff. You can stay top of mind. You can show appreciation. You could spend a few bucks and send them a box of brownies and say, hey, you're awesome. I'm glad your credit's good now. We just want to say we love you, right? It costs 10 bucks to do that. Most people won't. I want you to think of this, this data mined list as the deed to a gold claim. Earlier I said a lot of you have million dollar goals and desires, right? You have the desire to do a million dollars, but you're only planting $100 of seeds in the ground, right? Another analogy I like is, is you all have deeds to a gold mine that's guaranteed to have $5 million of gold in the dirt. Okay, let's pretend that this stage is a gold claim. I'm going to divide it up. There's, there's actually lines on this stage that you can't see, but there's, there's six chunks here. And this is my chunk. And I'm standing here. And I got my data mine list of all the influencers, all the potential affiliates, all the people that I know is a doorway to me changing my family tree. I'm standing here, right? But I ain't willing to get my fingernails dirty to get the gold out of the ground. That's crazy, right? Is it just me? Come on. If there is $5 million of gold in the ground, or maybe I'll use a smaller number. Let's say there's $10,000 in the ground. Am I going to reach down and dig it out or not? Do, do most people reach down and dig it out? No. All the Millionaire Club winners, they're up to their neck in the dirt, and they're the snot going, and they're just like digging and going crazy. And I'm standing right next to them going, I don't know. 
you know? I'm not, I don't know if this model will work. I'm not, you know, the economy, you know? I'm not sure, right? How insane is that? Come on, I love y'all. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Get your fingernails dirty. You have been issued a deed to a mining claim. And every single resource you need to, to get the gold out of the dirt is in this room. It's not Cousin Eddie when you go home. It's not your mom or your brother or your cousin that says, oh, credit, yeah, that's, no, that's a, that's a weird industry. I don't think you should. But those people, that doesn't matter. That's deleted. You still love them. You just don't talk about this stuff with them because they're the muggles. You talk to your seventh power about this stuff. You get on the phone with the 24 people and you, you send them a gift. You want to do relationship marketing? How much time is, how valuable is their time? Send them a $100 bottle of wine and say, I need to talk to you for 30 minutes. That's where all the answers, it's already in this room. It's right here. This isn't fake. You're not being punked. This is real. The whole game with business, as I wrap things up, is that it's a game of belief. And the reason the person stands on the, and I did this, the reason we don't dig is because we don't believe that there's actually gold in the ground. Part of us isn't sure. We think we're the one person that has no gold in our spot, right? Or maybe you don't feel worthy. Maybe someone told you you were worthless your whole life. Maybe they told you that money was evil. Maybe you were abused. I don't know. But every single thing inside all of our heads is a program. You didn't come out the womb with these programs. They were inserted into you through life experience, correct? So we all have different programs. That's why, you know, Bob, Billy over here is digging up to his neck saying, yeah, get it, get me some, right? Just going, boom, 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 boom. He's using a different operating system in his brain than maybe you are if you're hesitating. And the, and the best thing you can do to fix that is to modify your level of belief. And if you don't, if, look, if you don't have enough belief, you can borrow some of mine. Put your hand out towards me right this, right now. Let's be super cheesy all together. I want you to put me right, you know how you can like go like this with someone? I want you to grab some belief from me and put it in your pocket. Just put it, just a little extra belief. I got, I'll be fine. I got plenty. You can take two scoops if you want. Just put it in your pocket and when it gets hard and it's a Tuesday and you're, something happens and you're not feeling the energy of a presentation like this with a fog machine where we're totally manipulating your emotions, when you don't feel that, when you don't feel that, you reach in your pocket and you pull out that belief. This is a guy named Roger Bannister. He was the guy that ran the four-minute mile, the first, or a sub-four-minute mile for the first time. And this is another thing that I stole from Russell from Funnel Hacking Live because it's amazing. It's like one of the most epic belief stories I've ever seen. So for like all of recorded human history, no one could run a mile in less than four minutes. Everybody's like, yeah, I can't do that. Like, that's the limit. Yeah, that's the limit. And then this guy comes along, and he just, he, just, he just did it. The moment he did that, a gajillion people did it. What? That's insane. That is so crazy. Roger ba Look at The Roger Bannisters in this room are the Millionaire Club winners. Yeah. They already did it. 
And they probably don't have a Harvard MBA. Maybe they do. If you do, that's friggin' awesome. So I still struggle with my belief, too, and in, in an effort to be authentic with you, is this doesn't stop, right? So when I had my first $10,000 month, I thought it was like the, the, the clouds parted open and one ray of sunshine came down and hit me, and I did one of these. And I'm like, I did it. I did it. I, have, I just want to thank all the little people. <laughs> I just want to... It was like, I did it, right? But that feeling goes away pretty quickly, and you move the bar, right? Ooh, we like to move the bar. So then I moved it to 50,000. That's literally, I'm like, if I'm 73 and about, I'm like, I'm kind of done, like, I'm done. Like, if I can get to where I hit 50,000 a month, like, ah, oh, the sun will part again and the light ray will hit me and I will have achieved everything. Well, then I hit it like really fast. And then I moved it to 100. Then I moved it to 200. My software company's biggest month so far uh, with this new company I have is $257,000 in a month. And so now I'm, I'm, my site's on a million. How can you do a million a month, right? So the point is, is that wherever the bar is, you keep up-leveling your belief. I paid a whole bunch of money to join this mastermind group with Russell um, to up-level my belief. This group now costs $50,000 a year to be in it. And, and like I'm wiring this guy in the internet money, and I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing, right? The reason I did it was to get in a room twice a year with people like Daniel and Keenan and a whole bunch of other weirdos. They're at a similar level to me and further ahead. So I could borrow their belief. Because I'm having some mental struggles figuring out how to go to 10 million from 2 million. And it, and it sounds crazy, but it's the same th way I felt when I was trying to go from 10,000 to 50,000. Does that make sense? It's, it's the same thing, you know? And Russell, he has a $100 million company. He's getting mentored. He's reaching out. He's like, ah, like, like what am I doing wrong? Why can't this be a billion? Because it has nothing to do with money at all. It has nothing to do with money. It has to do with impact. It has to do with growth. It has to do with feeling great because you're winning. So I'm going to wrap it up right now. I'm going to land the plane. How did I go in my 93 Chevy Cavalier to doing 40000 a week, just in that window cleaning business? How did I do that? How does anybody do that? When your belief changes, your action changes without any effort. If you're standing on the, on, the, on the gold mine and you don't believe there's gold in the dirt, you're not going to dig around in the dirt, right? Is that right? Okay. If I could do like The Matrix, you know the movie The Matrix where they plug the thing in and you're like, <laughs> and now you believe there's like a ton of gold in the dirt? I'm jumping head first and just like, and go. the only thing that changes is your belief. So write that down. I want to appreciate, uh, recognize Daniel and Keenan for inviting me to be here. I want to give it up for Devon, who's absolutely insanely talented and keeping our energy up. Thank you. Um, that's it. God bless. Stand up, everybody. Give it up for Joshua Latimer. Hey, thanks for hanging out, friends. And from all of us here at the Quick Talk Podcast team, we hope you love today's show. We hope that you were inspired to become a doer and not just a listener. Apply what you've heard today in your own business and watch things change for the better. Lastly, remember that all the money in the world can't save your soul. Seek first the kingdom of God, my friends. We'll see you next time. For more information about the Quick Talk Podcast or Joshua's other businesses, visit our website, quicktalkpodcast.com. Have a blessed day.